Well, thank you. That, that was a very, very challenging word. My question is, what do you do when you're working, striving hard to do the work that God has called you to do, and then something happens that just doesn't make sense? It doesn't seem that it's going the way it should go. You already know that we've been in France for over 40 years. We've been uh, starting churches over here. And we've seen God do amazing things in France, but it almost never happens the way that we expect it. Planning a church in France has enough obstacles. We knew we had to learn the language and we had to learn it well. We knew we had to learn the culture and we had to learn it well. We knew the French were not excited about spiritual things and that it would be a challenge. And we faced those obstacles, but then there were the times where something else happened, something totally unexpected. You run into another obstacle and it just doesn't make sense. What do you do? I remember the first church we started to, we did start in the southern suburbs of Paris. We had learned enough French to be dangerous. By that, I mean, we thought we knew it better than we did. And we, we did our best in that church with very little ministry experience. And then the Lord seemed fit to have this Frenchman, self-proclaimed elder, who reminded us well too often about our foreignness and our lack of experience. That was a tough one to face. And then I remember our next church plant down in the Lyon area. We took over another church plant work and things were really moving well. We had put four years into it. They had enough time to gain the confidence and the respect of the people. Things were going well. I even remember we were in the car with our five kids coming home from an annual conference going, boy, life is so good in France. It can't get better than this. And then the next month, we learn that Karen has bone cancer. We have to immediately leave France. Her life is in danger. Our ministry in France is over, and our world falls apart. It just doesn't make sense. And then we finish this work at pont We're back in France, and things are going well. We've turned over this church over to French leadership. I now have a ministry where I can help seven churches at one time and disciple them and help them and mentor them, and things are mo moving forward. The choir has concerts lined up, and then COVID hits, and nothing, everything comes to a complete stop. All the open doors are closed. Nothing can go forward. It just doesn't make sense. But then we shouldn't be surprised. All we have to do is remind ourselves of the, how things have been in church planting from the very beginning. I remember the story, uh, and you know it well, of the very first and the best ever church plant planter ever, the Apostle Paul, in his missionary journeys. I'm always encouraged to read what happened in Acts chapter 16. Now, if you have your Bibles, you can look at them, but we don't have time to read the entire passage. I'll be giving you a summary, but your homework assignment today is to read again Acts chapter 16, and I will be sending you, sending you a written exam. No, no, I won't do that. No, no. But do read Acts chapter 16 after we're done today to remind you of the story. But what happens is this. The Apostle Paul is on his missionary journey with Timothy and Silas, 
And they're off on their second missionary journey now to, to plant more churches. And it's so encouraging because just before that, they go back to the churches they've already started. And it says the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. Oh, how I'd like to be able to say the churches in France, the numbers increased daily. That is a tremendous missionary report. Then it says they wondered, where should we go next? And they thought they knew the Lord's will, and they're going into a northern district. And the Lord said, no. They thought, well, then we'll go to this city. And the Lord says, no. And a vision comes, and the apostle Paul gets a vision from the Lord himself saying, or with a, a Macedonian saying, come and help us. And Paul follows a journey into this area where he has a direct call from God and even a vision of a man saying, come help us. Wow. From a church planter's perspective, it doesn't get much better than this. So they go and they find that the very first city, a city of prominence, it says, is the city of Philippi. Any missionary church planter knows you've got to find the city of prominence. And they found it. It was Philippi. He knew exactly where to go. And so he goes into that city. The text tells us that they're normally they go into a synagogue, but there weren't even enough. There weren't even 10 Jewish believers, male believers in that city. So, OK, this is pioneer church planting. But they find Lydia, this woman who is prominent in the city, a woman of peace, and she comes to know the Lord. Another church planter's dream come true. You find somebody of influence who comes to know the Lord and the door is wide open. It really doesn't get much better than this in church planting, my friends. And then while they're walking down the street, a woman who is possessed by a demon comes and, and realizes that these people have the truth. And she starts proclaiming this woman who's a total pagan. And she says, listen to these men. They have a word from the Lord. Listen to them. I haven't had that experience as a church planter. This, it really cannot get better than this. That then if you have your Bibles, when you come to verse 19, I want you all to circle or underline or do whatever you have to do to mark up your Bible. The very first word of Acts 16, 19 is the word, but, but. When her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them to the marketplace before the rulers. They beat them with rods, threw them into prison, and, and chained them into prison. Now, my friends, that just doesn't make sense. They have an open call. The Lord has called them, given them a vision. They found the person of peace. They've had conversions. People are coming to know the Lord. And what happens next? They're thrown into prison. That just does not make sense. So I asked the Apostle Paul, this great church planter, what do you do when something comes into your ministry that just throws everything off and it just doesn't make sense? Well, the answer comes in verse 25. They're thrown in prison, beaten, and they're in stocks. And it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Wow, what a response when things just don't make sense. Because Paul and Silas knew in their hearts that God would do his work. They were singing 
Praise it. And they did not know the end of the story, by the way. It's easy for us to read because oh, we know there's going to be an earthquake and they're going to be delivered and the jailer's going to come to know the Lord. And we, but they didn't know that then. All they knew was that God had called them there and that now they were in prison and God was in charge. And the challenge that I have for me and for you is when things are going well, it's it's fun to write missionary prayer letters when things are going well. Oh, look at what God is doing. Everything is wide open. But what do we do when something happens and it just doesn't make sense? Well, we know that the church in Philippi was planted. We know that because years later, this same apostle, the same man would write a letter to the church, a letter to the Philippians, a letter marked with words like joy, rejoice, thankfulness. It's the epistle of joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We all know these verses. Well, where was Paul when he wrote that letter? Uh, he was in prison again because of his faith. Listen to Paul's reaction. If you want to, in, in Philippians, we, we see that Paul is in prison again because of more injustice, and this is how he responds. I want you to know, brothers in Philippi, that what happened to me was really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial garden to all the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He saw that there were even more doors open, even though he's in prison. And at the end, he said, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So I ask, what does it make sense to us today as we try to do the Lord's will? The limits imposed by a virus that's out of our control? The results of recent elections that we might not be tremendously excited about? The divisions, conflicts, injustices, hatred that work our, that are at work in our society. Jesus said, "I will build my church, and not the not, and that not even the gates of hell will be able to prevail against it." If that's true, I think the Lord can handle COVID nineteen. I think he can handle strife in our societies. I think he knows what he's doing, even from our perspective, when it doesn't make sense. And we have the privilege of being a part in it. God is at work. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. <laughs>